truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand here on The Blaze. Brought to you by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're looking to buy or sell a home at some point this year, use the company. Glenn Beck and uh, some of his friends started a few years ago. Tired of real estate agents that talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the goods when needed the most. Buy or sell your home at the right time and at the right price for you with an agent that is set up for you, not you, uh, for the agent. An agent that's been vetted and scrutinized and has been approved by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. 888-900-3393 is the number here on the Steve Day Show as I bump my mic for the first time. I'm just doing this now to annoy Aaron because I know it really takes him off when we do that. 888-900-3393 is the number. We are going to open up the phone lines a little bit later on. We're going to play another round of Truth Bombs Trivia. So today's Truth Bomb uh, is a series of Truth Bomb Trivia questions that come exclusively uh, from my book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies, Conservatives Believed or Our Own Demise, available at Amazon.com right now. Thank you in advance for doing this for the children. Mine. So we'll get to your phone calls on that a little bit later on. It's also a Theology Thursday. Uh, We'll have three non-political questions. We may even find out what you think about what we think at steveatstevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you are listening today on the podcast or on Blaze Radio, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. But of course, before we get to all of the rest of today's business, we first need to find out what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by One Step Closer to Justice. Jussie Smollett, the former Empire actor who last month claimed he was the victim of a hate crime, was arrested this morning on a felony charge of disorderly conduct for filing a false report with the police. Don Lemon, your thoughts. Legally, If he has to go, whatever he has to serve, if it's jail time, if he has to do probation, if he has to pay, whatever. But in the court of public opinion, it it matters. It it matters. And he lost that because of how, and and not his fault, maybe people were, I don't know what they were saying to him, how, maybe because of his representatives, who who knows. I I don't know. But it was handled poorly. I don't know if it's not his fault, Don. You think it's his fault. You think he was doing what he wanted. Police announced yesterday the arrest of a Coast Guard lieutenant late last week, who they say was plotting a mass killing. 49-year-old Christopher Paul Hassan of Silver Spring, Maryland, is alleged to be a white supremacist who had a hit list that included prominent Democratic politicians as well as several journalists from CNN and MSNBC. More super happy fun times with Andrew McCabe. And then you say at the end, if the FBI found itself in circumstances like these, after delineating what Sessions had done vis-a-vis the Russians, where the facts and our obligations under the guidelines were clear and we chose not to open a case because it might involve government officials at the highest ranks, the Bureau would be guilty of dereliction of duty. Are you telegraphing here that the FBI opened an investigation into Attorney General Sessions? I am explaining what I believe the FBI's obligations would be under those circumstances. 
does that mean you open an investigation into Attorney General Sessions? Of course, I'm not going to answer that question. So I'm going to take that as a yes. So you can conclude uh, whatever you'd like from, from what I've written in the book. The following video is from the Vatican Sexual Abuse Summit recently. I'm going to show a good chunk of it so you get the full context. Audio is of a translator. In the Pope's introduction, in the 21 points and in your presentation, one word is missing, homosexuality. And yet we know from all the abuses that have been found that in the great majority happens between people of the same sex. And with people who in any case uh, who are uh, adolescents so is this uh, the fact that the word homosexuality is missing is this intentional or unintentional my instinct uh, is to look at uh, the single cases to generalize and involve a whole category of people is never legitimate we have individual cases. We don't have categories of people. And you talked about uh, category. Well, you can also talk about heterosexuality. These are human uh, conditions that do exist, but they are not something that uh, predisposes to sin. There are other variables. To clarify, what we just listened to was the Archbishop of Malta, Charles Secluna, saying that homosexuality is not necessarily a sin in every circumstance. All right, move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Nothing to see here. Please. It's oppo dump time for one Bernard Sanders in the wake of his recent announcement for his bid for the White House. This video is from 1988 as Bernie Sanders comes back from his starstruck vacation in the Soviet Union. Extremely impressed by their public transportation system. The stations themselves were absolutely beautiful, uh, including many works of art, chandeliers that were beautiful. It was a very, very effective system. Also, I was impressed by the youth programs that they have, uh, their palaces of, of, of culture for, for the young people, a whole variety of, young, uh, of programs for young people, and cultural programs which go far beyond what we do in this country. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced yesterday that an Alabama-born woman who went to the Middle East to join ISIS will not be allowed to come back to the U.S. This came after the New York Times published an extremely sympathetic profile on Hoda Muthana. All right, it's time to enter the weird portion of the montage. Blue checkmarked India Moore tweets, If a woman has a penis, her penis is a biologically female penis. Representative Eric Swalwell tweeted, It's snowing in New York. I need coffee. The closest cafe is inside Trump Tower. This picture is me walking to an alternative. Trans women are women, so trans women's bodies are women's bodies. So trans women's penises are women's penises. I don't know what the obsession with that was yesterday, but it was there. Things we'd be called racists for if we said them. If you are really confident about your financial situation, you probably are not going to be wearing an eight-pound chain around your neck. Because you know, oh, I got banked. I don't have to show you how much I got. I feel good. If you are very confident about 
your sexuality, you don't have to have eight women around you twerking. I mean, why, 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 why are you, why, why are you all like, you seem stressed that you gotta be <laughs> acting that way. Cause, cause I've got one woman who I'm very happy with. And finally, the truth bomb to end all truth bombs. What you just saw was a terrorist trying to take a selfie using the phone attached to a bomb, which then detonated when he tried to take said selfie. And that's what happened while we were away. I can't get enough of those. I, I could literally sit around watching uh, that video of that one jihadist from a few years ago who's out there, uh, you know, out there in some sand dune riffing and suddenly, you know, you hear, he blows up. That would be a tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, could, I could watch that stuff all day. I, I just, I can't get enough of that stuff. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at WaxRx. When was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? Have you ever? Well, you know, this time of year, particularly with all the symptoms that go along with that wintry weather is a great time to do so. But you're like, Steve, I don't have the time uh, to sit in a doctor's office and I just don't want to spend another money on co-pays and everything else. You know what? You don't have to do any of that now. You can get to WaxRx, which is a, PA, which is a physician-directed uh, system. Now you can get it without a prescription. Uh, it then will not just clean out your ear uh, and it, it, with all the same stuff that would happen if you went to the doctor's office with the same effectiveness as well, but you'll get uh, that soothing pH-conditioned formula too. And again, did I mention without a prescription? So and no more long waits or anything else. This is done in the comfort and convenience of your own home. Uh, and, and those cotton swabs don't work either. So don't do stuff that doesn't work. Don't waste your time on stuff that does when you can... Get it instantly right now. If you go to the website, usewaxrx.com, usewaxrx.com, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping at usewaxrx.com. Uh, I, I think the comments the former president made yesterday, actually these comments were made uh, over the weekend. Uh, he did an event uh, with uh, Steph Curry during the NBA All-Star break. And uh, I think that uh, this merits its own conversation. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this today on our roundtable at The Blaze. So make sure you are tuned in for that um, later on today. Let's, let's go to the, the, the big story today, the Jesse uh, Smollett arrest. And what you saw in Aaron's clip, I believe, Todd, that he played from Don Lemon. What, what you're seeing there isn't bias. You're watching groupthink. Cognitive dissonance. Don Lemon's in a cult. Even one of his panelists is like, well, isn't it? It's kind of his fault, <laughs> right? It's kind of his fault. Okay. No, it's not. That's, that's not bias. That's someone who is an idolater. He's in a cult. 
That's the cognitive dissonance that is produced by groupthink. What, what, what I'm saying, to put it more bluntly, is that a major American news network, one of the all-time pioneer brands in American media, the first full-time cable news network, Todd, what I am saying literally is they have a full-blown, they have, they have provided an hour-long show to a full-blown cultist to pretend to be some form of an opinion journalist when he's not. He's, he's a construct of groupthink. That's what that clip is. Yeah, and that's uh, thankfully what uh, Laura Logan has uh, been uh, saying uh, with great uh, vigor lately. And uh, I hope you're supporting her um, in, to the degree that you can uh, you, by, uh, by voicing that in, on social media. Uh, listen, and he's, of course, uh, not alone. You're, you're being generous, Steve, and just uh, isolating uh, him. I mean, this is what the press has, by and large, become. Laura Logan's uh, example of the uh, the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, there's a, like a tiny area that's uh, dedicated to women, and the rest is, is for the men to worship. Mm-hmm. He says, well, that tiny area is for something resembling conservatism, and the rest is is flat-out uh, liberal. And, and, and Don Lemon, if I understood that correctly, Correctly. Basically, what he's he said, he didn't acknowledge the actual act uh, of making up the crime, but he seemed to be insinuating that if if he was then against his will pushed into doing the the television interview with Robin Roberts, and that was not of it, then he's a victim again. Mm-hmm. And so then I think he thinks that trumps whatever he did beforehand. That's me connecting the dots there. But if I'm accurate in that, that's that, that's exactly what a cultist does. That, they, that's that's where you, that that's where the woman gives her youngest daughter to the cult leader too. Right after he's raped the older daughter uh, and impregnated her, and 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 is convinced though that uh, doing this will somehow serve the cause rather than calling the police up and say, "Hey, a right. crime has been committed." This is what this is. This is cult. I'm not saying this for effect, guys. Okay, I want to make. I know we have a lot of people in our industry right now that are saying all kinds of provocative things and, and, and words they don't even know what they mean. Somebody put out a meme yesterday that basically was, "Hey, we have our own black gay polka dotted dressed uh, uh, person who is uh, is our spokesperson to condemn Jesse Smollett," and they couldn't even spell the word culpable correctly. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm I'm dead serious. This is cult level behavior and period and the the police chief involved who i believe is is black said i hope the hoax gets yes as much attention uh, or the uncovering of the hoax yep. gets as much attention uh, of the hoax we have reason to be skeptical but a conversation you had and i had before we started uh the show pops to mind regarding all this the fact that i, I knew that th- this show empire uh existed it but it's a uh, a pretty popular show. I, so, I, I've seen promos during sporting events. I had no idea it was like a top 10 show. So a lot of people out there will know about this in a way that other issues we talk about, they're just not. And I think a lot of other people will start to realize, I, I, I ultimately, we all should pray for Jesse Smollett. I mean, the, the guy is clearly a mess. He deserves to be held um, uh to account for this but good good grief what what a disaster but to the degree that people are then going to watch the likes of don lemon make excuses for this there's a lot of people out there who may believe um in a lot of progressive tropes but when a guy is caught red-handed they'll still be like i 
the guy's guilty, dude. I mean, red-handed. And to see the cover-up upon the cover-up of the cover... This could be that moment that none of us could predict that opens eyes beyond the singular event and just gets people to evaluate a worldview issue. Listen, I'm not going to hold my breath, but this is how life works. It's just unexpected. A guy we never heard of until two weeks ago, Steve, you and Mm -hmm. I never really heard of, could open up the Pandora's box of thinking and logic that we desperately need. The uh, the the Chicago PD believe the motivation for this is that uh, essentially uh, he thought victimology would raise his profile to get a better salary and improve his um, you know his presence as a star on the show. Why would he ever have this notion? If that, let's just take that. I, we don't know if that's true. But, 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 it's a mind you know, scramble. The, the Chicago Police Department are the ones that unraveled this. So so far, their track record on it seems to be pretty good. So let's let's just assume that's true. I'm trying to figure out if there's any reason why he would think casting himself as a victim um, might do wonders for his career. And I, I got to be honest, guys, I'm just totally mystified why he would you know, peruse American culture at any point and come to the conclusion that that would work for him. Do you have any idea why he would think such a thing? I mean, I just... It's uh, never worked before. I think that's, I think that's, that's a, proof of that's insanity. That's above my pay grade. Yeah, that's, okay. I, that boy, crazy. Okay, but um, I just, just so you know, I, he makes $65,000 an episode. So a typical TV season series, especially for a show of that magnitude, uh, is 20 to 23 episodes. So let's just say it's 20 because it's a nice round number. He makes well over a million dollars a year. Aren't they the people asking us all the time, how much money do, do, do you need to make? How much money do people really need? Why don't we tax the rich? Speaking of those moronic sentiments, the clip of Bernie Sanders from 1988. For those of you younger than Todd and I, I want to put into context the timing of these comments, okay? In 1988, the Soviet Union was literally falling apart. In a year, the the Soviet bloc would collapse and crumble. 1989 is when you would see the Berlin Wall fall. This would all go down in the first year, year and a half of the George H.W. Bush presidency. In 1988, Ronald Reagan was strolling through the streets of Moscow, literally like a conquering hero, has hordes of of Soviet citizens came up to greet him in the streets. We were sending uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Vince Neil, Motley Crue. Uh, We were doing, we were, MTV was doing Perestroika concerts in the Soviet Union for the youth in 1988. The country was falling apart. They had nice chandeliers, Steve. Yes. It was literally in the midst of collapse, folks. And the youth programs, the, yeah. the youth programs <laughs> yeah. are, are co- comprehensive, but more than we ever have on this in this country. Uh, the, the, youth, the only youth program they had left was uh, Def Leppard's Hysteria Tour. The country was falling apart. Identifying the best tasting tree bark. If, if there was such a thing as a centrist Democrat running for president... It would be political malfeasance you know, not oh, to run yeah, that no as doubt. a campaign the way, and, the, and the way they could use that yeah, with Trump's emergency. Not did, by the quick, quick it, what, what are we doing about the emergency at the border? Do you know? Uh, sorry, I gotta uh, get another nine holes in of golf, and then we'll and then we'll worry about that. 
I mean, I'm watching my buddy Daniel Horowitz is literally putting tweets of drug cartels on his Twitter account showing the emergency. We're on days. Can you imagine if I'll save everybody the if Obama had declared an emergency and then in six days done nothing trope? Because we all know how this would go. We we work in this side of the industry. So hate the game, not the player. But a lot, but that made you saying that made me think about it. If you had an old style Bill Clinton kind of Democrat who was who was who was ruthless and cutthroat enough to cast themselves as this kind of person, even if they probably weren't just for their own political yeah. benefit, the way they could triangulate between, hey, where's your emergency at the border, brah? And and the and the Bernie Bro video from eighty eight. Now, just so you know, Bill Clinton went to the Soviet Union even before Bernie Sanders did. <laughs> we've, we've forgotten that story. Yeah, he went there after he dodged the draft. Okay, so, but, but in our, because the party has moved so far to the left, he is now our idea of what a centrist Democrat is. <laughs> okay, but so if you had somebody like that, that could play off of this, uh, off of video like this, it would be devastating. You're exactly right. I but we don't, you know, and, but that that guy is 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 he he's doing the propaganda version of whistling past the graveyard. This was an empire. Uh, it was literally in the on the endangered species list. See, by, by the end of 1991, it would be completely <laughs> and totally gone. Not even three years since he made the after he made those comments. The only reason why what you're describing would work, Steve, though, is because right now at this point, at this moment in history, to the left, Russia bad. Um, because uh, who 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 studies history anymore? What is history? Uh, who cares? So who ca- uh, I'm t- I'm thinking about this from the after- average leftist uh, base voter. They're like, yeah, I want chandeliers too. Why can't we have nice chandeliers in America? Um, the only reason why playing off of a clip like that of Sanders talking about uh, the falling apart of Soviet Russia is because in their minds, I think the average voter is probably thinking, oh, Russia bad. Can I just say, though, that it, when we – a guy, a regular guy, Joe Biden, when anybody who cares to look, we know that guy's changed his stripes so many times. Yeah. Th- this guy has been original gangsta crazy for a long time. He deserves credit for that. I mean, he is a true believer, man. Yeah. And that is so rare. Uh, it, you, you, I can't help but just say, man, uh, props. You're, you're just, you're, you're, you're the. He is the real deal. He, he, he. You saw him in that clip, literally carrying water for. Uh, for an empire that was about that was literally at moments away from going under, literally moments from a hist- historical perspective, moments away from time of death, and he has largely stuck to this message. Yeah, and which and, is why and, and his, for the last thirty plus years, which yes. is why he, at the age of seventy nine years old, people and people the the youth vote that people are still giving him money. Because, and I just said I don't think he really has a chance. But the fa- the fact that he is authentic, people are starving for something that they think is not going and a, to let. And a the, bunch of young people who weren't alive for the Soviet Union and were never right, really and taught what right. it is. Yep, that's exactly uh, are, my point. Yep, yeah. they're the ones sending him. You know, uh, you know their uh, dollar picture night right. money tonight. Yeah, and and that's another thing too. I told you this during the last election, when almost no one else would. Don't buy the story trope of 
Well, the, the DNC can't raise any money and the Democratic Party's a mess. Remember, we had all those stories throughout 2018. They, they actually won more seats in the House than they did in the 06 whitewash. Uh, and I told you at the time, it doesn't, their base isn't like you. They don't serve a political party slavishly. They make that political party serve them. They, they go right to the candidates they like and give them the money and generously. They don't. They don't go through constructs and scam packs the way every a lot of a lot of the people on our side do. So it make, it makes no. When, That's because it, we're our own brand of cultists. Well, over there's here. yeah. So when it, when a guy when a guy preaching billionaires are bad raises six and a half million dollars his first day on the campaign trail, folks, it doesn't. And and he's one of like nine announced candidates right now right. with more to come. It it doesn't. Maybe even the biggest fundraiser of them all. Beto hasn't even gotten in the race yet, or, or Joe Biden, for that matter, with his longtime Democratic donor contacts. So the two guys who could probably raise the most money on their side haven't even gotten in yet, Beto and Biden. So the guy with three homes um, who's been uh, chanting about how terrible billionaires are uh, and how, you know, uh, you have too much money already, um, raises six and a half million dollars in one day. And it's almost all from people Aaron's age or a little bit older, hand, giving him 50, 100, 150 bucks at a time. Okay. When, when you have a candidate like that that can raise that kind of money in a day, it doesn't matter what money gets sent to the corporate offices of the, of, of the political party. They're, they they bypass their party leadership. They go directly to the people that they like, and they give them huge amounts of money. The guy that um, I forgot his name now that ran in the special election in Georgia in 2017 didn't even live in that district. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he got to one million donors. He got to one million individual donors before Barack Obama did when he ran for president in a way. So don't don't. Don't buy any of that political heroin, okay? None of that. That's that's done by people who really aren't interested in beating Democrats. That's done by people who are interested in feeding you a line that gets them the clicks and the cash from you that they want. Okay? You want to beat the I want to beat these guys. So, you want to beat your opponent, you need to be honest about who they are. You you don't, you don't you don't ever beat an opponent you disrespect. You don't ever beat an opponent that you straw man, that you take for granted. Uh-uh, that never works. From the time David picked up five smooth stones until now, that never works in history. It, Respect your opponent. And let's clarify what that actually means. We can we can say all we want that uh, leftists are, and I just did a few moments ago. Um, they're they're low info. A lot of the base are very low information voters. They are uh, deceived. They are in a cult. We can say all we want, and maybe all those things are true. Some pe- uh, for the 10,000th time, though, to illustrate what Steve is sta- saying, all those things are true. They are true. I believe that, and I think everybody on the show would believe that. Somebody keeps voting for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Somebody keeps voting for Elon Omar. Uh, those, those types of people as well. So j- respecting your opponent doesn't mean you have to think necessarily very highly of them. You just have to respect what they're capable of doing. That's yeah. exactly right. Not You have to respect their beliefs, respect their potential. Yes. That's what we're talking about. Yes. Homeowners beware, a data breach may have exposed 24 million of you to home title fraud because now they have the information necessary to claim to be you. 
So even if you have identity theft protection, and you should if you don't, uh, they can still use this identity uh, information to log on to a third-party site like a, a mortgage bank, a county recorder, assessor, claim that they're you because they now know your checking account number, the last four digits of a SOCIA, middle initial, maiden name, whatever you use as identifiers. They now have this information and they can use it uh, in order to pilfer your most valuable asset, your own home. And suddenly they liquefy that equity for themselves and then stick you with the payments. Don't let that happen to you, especially when for just pennies a day, our friends at Home Title Lock can prevent it from happening. And you can find out right now, if you're already a victim, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Maybe you've already been targeted. Maybe you're vulnerable in ways that you never thought before. You can find out for free at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. And that free title scan and report that's normally a hundred dollar value and uh, we're giving it away today to our family here at the blaze for free at home this what you were just saying is an important distinction uh you don't have to have i have no respect for their beliefs i have respect for the conviction like you espouse with bernie sanders his ability to his willingness to just stay on this no matter how many times history has proven what he believes is a fraud Okay, Um, you can respect the conviction and and therefore the potential tactics they will then go to in order to act on that conviction. That is not the same as respecting their beliefs. I don't have any respect for those beliefs. All right. I want to defeat them, but I won't be able to defeat them if I turn them into a straw man cartoon character. Okay. Yeah, and this is what I'm, I've been trying to say about Kamala Harris as well. Uh, people keep saying, well, she's not likable. She's not likable. Um, maybe not to you and I, she's not. Uh, and maybe not in the uh, Barack Obama swo- smooth, suave way. Kamala Harris, though, is driven. And as Todd has said repeatedly, she will cut you. People like that type of um, courage of conviction, if you will, which is why I think at this point she is probably one of the leaders in the field or in the uh, clubhouse uh, for the nomination. We'll come back with more here live and on demand on The Blaze in a moment. Stay tuned. We like to support those who are taking a stand in the culture like Miss Victoria Hurst. Right now she's taking one of the toughest stands you could ever take. Uh, She's standing up to her own family. Uh, She's from the family of William Randolph Hearst, one of their properties. Cosmopolitan Magazine has uh, more than tilted uh, to the adult side of content in recent years. Despite the fact it is still out there in the open and being marketed to daughters like Todd's, mine, yours. Uh, And she says, hey, it's not time for censorship as much as stewardship. That if uh, the family wants to essentially produce a glossier version of Playboy, fine. But then it should be shielded from our minors and from our children the way magazines like Playboy uh, currently are. If this is uh, a cause that uh, you agree with and would be willing to lend your voice to, visit her website, CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's H-U-R-T-S. CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on The Steve Day Show. 
Yes, we brought it back uh, starting last week because Aaron said, I think every now and then we all need a break from everything going on in the real world or at least the political world. So this is each week a segment devoted to three non-political questions, an opportunity to uh, lighten the mood a little bit, to let you get to know us a little bit better uh, and uh, take a deep breath because we all know the morons will still be there when we return. True story. Uh, the Oscars are this Sunday. Of course, uh, we're probably going to get a, a good deal of propaganda, one would assume. Uh, and some film that we've never heard of is probably going to win Best Picture. But imagine if you were the czar of the Oscars and they only occurred once every decade. What film would win Best Picture of the last decade, 2008 to 2018? And uh, who would you give the award for Best Actor or Actress to? Wow. So Man. 10 years of material. I need to do some show prep for that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we got to make a rule with this. Three questions can't be uh, one triple header question <laughs> with 10 years of data off the top of your head. And then we have two more after that. <laughs> this is like, is this like wishing for wishes? Uh, I wish for more genies. Um, the movie for the last 10 years, um, I would choose The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight is the best film that I've seen from 2008 to 2018. That's what we're going with, right? Yeah. All right. So I, I would choose The Dark Knight for the film. Uh, I need to think a little bit on the actor and the uh, and the actress. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna stop there, and maybe we'll take this piecemeal so we each have time to kind of think this through, Todd. So, do you have a, a best picture uh, nominee for the last ten years? I don't. I don't want to say the wrong. Th this is an important question. See, I did this on purpose so that uh, neither of you would be able to uh, navel gaze too much, mm -hmm. and uh, just I want your gut reaction. That's that's why I did this. Well, I, you're not wrong about the Dark Knight, but I don't want to give the same thing. Uh, well, I got actor the last ten years. Like my, one of my favorites is Denzel, but it seems like he's he's been relatively quiet for at least. I mean, he's still doing stuff, but uh, I. I like actor, actress, um, and and Hathaway might get. I mean, f forget politics too. Can we do that for yeah. a second? Yeah, we're just looking at God-given uh, talent and their ability yeah. to harness and, it to something um, excellent. And Hathaway's ability to start off in Princess Diaries movies that my daughters love, and then to show the range that she has from Catwoman to um, pulling off. I had no idea she could sing. And then when she was in Les Miserables and, and pulling off that scene, oh, just yeah. amazing. So um, I, she, she, she is an impressive actress. Okay. Right, we'll come back to but you. That, that, your, that's a body of work. Right. Well, best actress for 10 years, right? Yeah. Isn't that? Well, I, I, you want 10 you years? Can, or you in, can do either. It can be, it can be body of work? I'll be uh, okay. right. over the last 10 years. Over the last 10 years? My, my, my best picture over the last 10 years, and this is because I had the same thing. Uh, I had the same issue that you guys. I was like, well, 10 years, that's a long time. But then uh, a movie popped into my head uh, because I actually got to do show prep for this, uh, unlike you guys. Uh, and it's American Sniper. There's no question in my mind that's, that's who I would give the hmm. award to for the last 10 hmm. years. Uh, and then best actor for one specific uh, performance, not necessarily the body of work. It can be either or, whatever you want to do. Uh, but one specific performance is James McAvoy 
in Split. I was actually going to consider that because uh, I was going to, uh, and the reason Split, I didn't, yeah. the reason I didn't give it right away is I didn't want to get caught with the, with recency bias. So my yeah. my memory bank was going. Can I think of but, another male performance like, that blew me away yeah, as much as but, that one? Did? I mean, think about prepping for you know any movie, uh, especially when it's when it's an A list kind of movie like this mm-hmm. uh, with Split, and you're playing a sociopathic guy who is uh, kidnapping. That's got to be a difficult thing to prepare for um, anyway. Now try splitting your character up into like uh, name how many how many characters w- were there that he played on that on that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got to be a difficult yeah. performance and he just nailed each and every one of them in my estimation. You're, you're helping me through this. Uh, there should be in the Oscars if they want to help it out, uh, I've all, there should be like some best best scene. Uh, hmm. Part of a movie because uh, one of the most amazing. So, uh, and in that respect, I'm going to give Tom Hanks, which is you know low hanging fruit in terms of actor, but that guy's still amazing. That the scene at the end of the um, one where he was the um, the boat captain, it was called Captain Phillips, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene at the end of that oh, movie yeah. after he he basically breaks down because of all the pressure he's been under, and he has a nervous breakdown. It. it it's is one of the most amazing pieces of acting I've ever seen. You, you, I don't know how you can act that, and 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 he did it. It was utterly uh, stunning. And and uh, best movie, and it it popped into my head. It's a personal favorite of mine, but it goes to Denzel. I think it's one of the most underrated movies of the last ten years. It's the one where he is the um, airplane pilot who's a drug addict. I yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think it was incredibly uh, creative. It spoke to the human condition really well. I don't understand. I know he was nominated for best actor, but I don't know why the picture itself didn't get more press because it, it was just excellent. When I think of, so a couple more have come to my head on the actor front where, I mean, there's no movie Denzel Washington has been in that he has not been excellent, for example. I mean, he, there's a movie that not a lot of people saw. It's almost 10 years old now called The Book of Eli. That yeah, is yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So the bar is kind of high. Um, you know, you you want to talk about the range of character acting. Think of Bradley Cooper made his debut as a as a supporting actor on Jennifer Garner's star making show Alias. Did and, he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. And, and now you look at the 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 wide range of roles, including you know Chris Kyle in American yep. Sniper that Aaron that Aaron talked about. The 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 few times I've walked away from a movie and in the last several in the last ten years. And I thought that performance was so above and beyond even what is typical for excellence that it stuck with me. You mentioned James McAvoy in Split would be one. Uh, Colin Firth uh, in The King's Speech would be another. Yeah. Uh, I I would also put Bradley Cooper in... uh, uh, an American sniper there uh, as well. And then Gary Oldman uh, as oh, Winston yeah. Churchill last year in yeah. Darkest Hour. And when you when you watch Kyle and Oldman both in those roles, those aren't portrayals. Those are inhabitations. Yeah. They are literally the embodiment uh, of those individuals. You know, so those would be the ones that that would stick out for me. On the on the actress front, and again, I don't, I, I, I was, and I have kind of a crush, so that should be considered. And I, and I'm, and I, and, and this is why I'm always hesitant too with the recency bias. Emily Blunt's portrayal as the mom in A Quiet Place is absolutely insanely good. Um, uh, the scene in the tub where she's essentially trying to give birth, 
without any dialogue at all because they can't talk. And the communication of fear um, that, 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 that she levies throughout the course of that scene, uh, I mean, is, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's some of the best acting uh, by a, a Hollywood actress that I can recall in the last 10 years. If you gave me more time, I could come up with, with, uh, with some other um, uh, portrayals that stuck out and performances that stuck out to me as well. But that's one that immediately comes to mind. And, and I don't want to spend so much time on this particular question. We don't get to the other two. You have anything else you want to add? Well, this entire conversation is way more interesting than what the whole four-hour experience of the Oscars will be. No doubt about that, yes. Uh, you guys are familiar with TED Talks, I assume, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, if you could give a really smarmy, introspective TED Talk on an <laughs> innocuous, everyday event in your life, what would it be and what would you title the TED Talk? Uh, you want to go first? Uh, it, an everyday thing in my life? Yeah, carpooling, you know. Give a lecture. Oh, so about. I can't say why I'm against instant replay. You, you yeah, sure. It, oh, that. Smarmy, that's yeah. A, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sanctimonious. That thing out. Yes. Mine would be um, why NCAA football needs to return. And it's going to return. The positive. A, the how much I how much it's okay, how much please. it has damaged the youth of America that it's been gone since 2013. Um, oh, you mean a video game? Yes. Oh, I thought you just like the college. It's been for I a you meant, like, college and, that, and you know what? All again. you did was confirm that this TED Talk is needed. <laughs> America needs me on that wall and it wants me on that wall. Yes. This would be my TED Talk. Okay. Get your children off of Pornhub and um, and, and on to NCAA football. That, that This is something that America needs. The return of EA Sports NCAA football. I would just, boy, you guys are a lot better than mine. Um, mine is just going to be I, an everyday innocuous event. I, I table making. Have my I have my floor cleaning robot clean my floors every day, and I just feel better about that. And so I do a really introspective speech about how 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 my Roomba is not cleaning my floors; it's cleaning my soul. And it, do you really have a Roomba? It's not a Roomba. It's a I I robot or something like that. Is it? it Don't you want to punch him right now? Does it basically serve uh, the purpose of uh, Wilson in the movie Castaway to you? Is that like your your friend? Moving on. <laughs> sometimes from what I heard yesterday, he doesn't clean your bathroom floor that well. Sometimes. This has I hate taken this a, game. This has taken a dark, a dark time. <laughs> What's its I name? Don't, I yes. don't like this game. Aaron pretending to have a life is also one of the best performances that I have seen over the last 10 years. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Uh, last question. If you could be a... No con- way, Corky. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to put I'm up gonna, with you people. I'm going to go home and bite my pillow. Yes, you will. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, question three: If you could be a contestant on any game show, which one would you choose, and why? You want to go first? Can it be? Does it have to be one that's on the air now? Nope. Because there's a part of me when I found out Snoop Dogg was doing an update of the oh, Joker's yeah. Wild, I kind of thought, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> show me, talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know. That that might be an interesting 22 minutes. I might have to check that out. You have an idea? You have an idea? I, I want to be on um, a Wipeout. 
Really? Oh, that's we loved playing oh. that game on the old uh, on the old I never on the, the original game, Wii. But my oh, me and the kids played that constantly. My daughters, I the belly laughs that I got from watching those people just get clocked. Yeah, I, there's not there. It's it's like Steve's Cambodian smoking. I I I really I, I I so look forward to that because just seeing somebody who's of very mediocre athletic talent get popped over and over again is it, it's good for my soul. I gotta you know um, if it was one that's on the air now, I would do uh, um, Sports Jeopardy with Dan Patrick because I think that's one I might even have the potential to win um, as long as they don't ask me about Polish sprinters, which is what happened on the, uh, the, that trivia app that I do. I got down to like the last question last week. Uh-huh. And then the last question was about Polish sprinters. Um, and then I put, I put that on Twitter crack? and some smart Alex says, was it about and name to name? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Uh, but if, but if my favorite game shows, I loved Peter Tamarkin and press your luck. Do you guys remember? Aaron no. won't remember that show. Is That's that the one with the born. whammies? Yeah, no whammies, uh, no whammies. Yes. Stop. L- I mean, I loved that show. When I see reruns like on the Game Show Network now, I will watch. I I loved the show. I loved the setup. I thought it was a ton of fun. I loved it. I watched it constantly when I was a kid. So Pressure Luck would be high on my list. Remember Wink Martindale and uh, Tic-Tac-Toe? I do. Yeah, because that was a level of... The thing is, um, Jeopardy is a little hard for me tic-tac-toe is a little too easy but tic-tac-toe was in terms of the trivia questions they ask like i would sit there you know 11 12 13 years old and like run the table on the questions um but the amount that that game show was known for giving out more money than any other game show so the amount of money that you could make on that on that show you know, I and I thought, what kind of a cool name is Wink Martindale? Wink Martindale. You th- think that was his actual name, by no. the way? You don't think it was? No. You think it was like, you know, Rusty Stoltz or something? Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and he just decided that Wink Martindale had a, had a Dirk Diggler. Uh, Wink Martindale had a, a, a better ring to it. What about you, Aaron? You know, I, I was thinking about this and I thought of another reason why I'd want to be on this show. And the uh, main reason is not necessarily money. I'd really love to hang out with Pat Sajak sometimes. He seems like a cool dude, really cool dude. His so Wheel t- of Fortune? Twitter, yeah, Wheel of Fortune. His Twitter his Twitter game is on point most of the time. Uh, the other part of it is Wheel of Fortune is one of the highest performing daily yeah, television like of all time. shows. Of, yeah, of all time, and it's yeah. still doing really, really well. Uh, and so I would just go in there with like a branded shirt or something to where people could just like donate me money or something. Because Venmo, I think, or, or something like that is... Is some sort of app where you can transfer money, I think. Yeah. So I could just put my Venmo information or whatever, my Apple Pay information on my shirt and just pe- random people from around the country would just pay me tons of cash. So, yeah, Wheel of Fortune. That was a I, – I was – I was not expecting such a mainstream see, choice from see, such a snotty millennial. Yeah. I'm impressed. See, yes. now this is called paying me a compliment after, you know, making making fun of my personal <laughs> Are you a Wheel of Fortune guy? I can't remember the last time I saw the show, but there's nothing wrong with it. Do you it. remember who the original host of Wheel, Wheel of Fortune was? No. Pat Sajak? No, he was not the original host. This, again, is before Aaron was born. It was uh, Chuck... Uh, Todd? Willery? Willery was the Real? original Was it really? Host. Yeah. Wow. There's another the ori- yeah. ardent uh, yeah. Facebook conservative. Yes. Yeah, he, well, he's like full-fledged Trumpista type. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Willery was the original host 
of mm-hmm. Wheel of Fortune before Pat Sajak took over. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised nobody said the price is right because that's considered kind of an American institution. My mom, when we lived in California when I was a kid, my mom got in. My mom passed the screening to get into the studio audience twice, but never had her name called to come on down, you know? So... But we didn't even bring up, and let's face it, I mean, you and I both, I, I tried I to I loved get, Card Sharks, too. I loved that when I was a kid. I liked that game, God, too. I remember. But, like, the first five months of um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. With yeah. Regis? That I was mean, a I, force of nature. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. amazing. And then it went, like, let's be on five nights a week. I mean, they, they didn't You know what's a know great what one? It. We love Deal or No Deal in our house. We love that show. I wouldn't, I'd love to be on that one, too. And the one Jamie Foxx hosts, with the Nate, that's kind of an update of... Uh, Name that tune is really good. Mm. We watch that when it comes out every summer on our, in our house as well. Hey, it's bad enough you let the IRS ruin 2018. Don't risk letting them ruin your 2019 as well. Um, it, you know, if you've got uh, or if the IRS has you in their sights, then nothing uh, is sacred to them. Not your paycheck, your bank account, your business, even your own home. You need the experts at Optima Tax Relief who know that behind every IRS problem is a hardworking American with a family, a paycheck, and a bank account worthy of protecting. When you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, you're giving, you're given, uh, or you're getting a proven award-winning team that has saved their clients up to a billion, with a B, a billion dollars over the years. So, um, Call them right now and get a free consultation while you still can, while you still have options. Optima Tax Relief, 800-699-6140 is the number. That's 1-800-699-6140. Yeah, we love that Jamie Foxx show so much and have watched literally every episode that I right now cannot remember what it's called. Well, there's another. I have another one. It, it's on the uh, cooking channel, but uh, Beat Bobby Flay. It's not technically a game show in yeah, the way I don't we. Know that one. But it's outstanding. What's Watch the Beat one Bobby with Flay. Chris? What's his face and the balls come down? That one's really good too. Um, the guy that does the Talking Dead show. Oh yeah, I, know I can't who remember is, what that one's called. That, that that's a really fun show as well. We'll come back. Truth bomb trivia is next right here, live and on demand on the Blaze. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, let's get the phone lines going for some Truth Bomb trivia. Your chance to win a free copy of uh, my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Can Serve as Believed or Own Demise. We'll tell you how this works here in a moment. But the number is 888-933-9388, 888-933-93. We are back with Hour 2, live and in, on demand here on The Blaze. I'm having a hard time talking today. Have you guys noticed that? It is weird. Just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on either. Well, I think it's because you're so excited about what about we're going to do. I mean, could, yeah. You texted us last night, guys. It could be. Guys, it, it it's going to be been. awesome. Your your neck, is your neck okay? You, were, you know, I think that might have something to do with it. I had to- Throwing you off? I, yes, I had to get, uh, I do a six month thing. I don't I do not do the a chiropractor because I couldn't find one in Des Moines that didn't want me to pay for like 27 visits in advance, okay? So uh, one of my buddies runs the uh, Department of Manipulative Medicine here at uh, DMU. So- Every six months, I go in and see him and kind of have him give me a once-over. And it's if every time I reincorporate uh, pull-ups or a modified pull-up back into my workout, it just it, – it puts – there's a reason why it's a good exercise, but it puts a lot of strain on a lot of different things. And so my neck 
And he's telling me about how this actually controls like sinus flow and even parts of speech and stuff. So it's funny you should mention that. Like he had to work on my neck and my shoulder blades, that area, because that's where you put the most amount of strain and stress uh, for most of my appointments. So it, I'm a little bit off. Like I, it, like my ear actually feels like it had an earache. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if Steve came back from that uh, sometime, walked in here and just started talking in Russian. <laughs> Uh, in the original Klingon, um, <laughs> screw you. So anyway, uh, we're back with Hour 2, 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. Enough about my, my, they, they asked me on the sheet what makes this uh, worse. I just wrote on there, getting older. That's what I wrote on the sheet. Yeah, at, at the doctor's office. Uh, Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. Theology Thursday coming up here at the bottom of the hour. You know, we try to eliminate excuses around here for why we can't do the right thing. So like eating your vegetables, for example. I, I, I know. Kids don't like them. It's a waste. You know, I don't have time to cook fresh. Well, our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition have the perfect cure for your excuses. It's called Field of Greens. And if you turn over the label, you'll notice it says nutrition facts, not supplement facts, because it's an actual food. It's made from real foods, okay? Not from extracts, chemicals, etc. It is the way nature and your creator intended, not to mention it is delicious. We use this product at our home as well. And now you can get it as well for 15% off your first order if you visit BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com and use the promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order a field of greens. Now you can get your kids the veggies that you mostly can't get them to eat on their own. BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. All right, let's get to it. It is time for Truth Bombs Trivia, brought to you by my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. And uh, you can get your copy today at Amazon.com. Yeah, it's at bookstores too, but don't, don't wait on that. Make the decision right now. Yes, I'm trying to close you right now for the children, mine, because they're thinking Disney for Christmas, yo. All right, and so really, they're not really relying on me here. They're really relying on you. But the book's okay too. I mean, you guys have read it. It's okay, right? Yeah, I yeah. You could you could do worse. I, t- I turned the last page. I made it. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my uh, truth in advertising. You could do worse. All right, so get your copy today for those of you that already have. If you could leave us a five star review, we would greatly appreciate that. Was that Trump's review of the book? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ask for his review of this one. Yeah. I probably could have got. I, I still have Rona Graf's number. I could probably call her up. Think he'd give me a. You could do worse endorsement just to slap his name on there. I could probably still get that. All right, I might get a job offer. I don't think I'll get one of those. No, I think that. I think that ship may have sailed. All right, so uh, you can if you have gotten the book, uh, you may uh, if you would uh, please. I would appreciate it. Leave us a five-star review at Amazon.com. It is now time for me to pull out my trusty Starfleet communicator. All right. This is our complicated phone screening system right here mm-hmm. in the palm of my hand. All right. Now, I th- for those of you that are watching us today on The Blaze, you are not going to see a graphic of these questions because I didn't want to show them to Todd or Aaron before we used them uh, during this segment. So here's the way this works. Now, we've played this before, and I want to apologize to those of you who won before, and my publisher, Post Hill, apologizes too. You are going to get your books, okay? 
Um, this was lost in a bureaucratic mess. So we're not going to do that this time. This time, I'm going to send you copies directly out of the show stash from the book we have right here. So this time, I'm going to bypass the publisher, and I'm going to send these to you directly from me to you. All right, so that we don't run into the bureaucratic hassle we ran into a month ago when we played this, okay? So I just wanted to say that out loud, all right? So this is how you win a free copy of my new book, Truth Bombs, if you are the first to answer one of the forthcoming five trivia questions. Todd and Aaron have not seen these questions. These are questions that all come from the book and are all documented by footnotes in the book. The book literally has like 10 pages of footnotes so that you can't walk away and say, I made anything up because I didn't. All right. These are all questions footnoted directly from the book. Are you guys ready to play? Yeah. All right. 888-933-93 is the number. 888-933-93. Let's go to Illinois first. And that's where Laura is standing by. Laura, welcome to the blaze. How are you? Fine. Thank you. So you ready to go with question number one? Yes. Okay. You sound like you are <laughs> dreading this. I am. Come on down! <laughs> I can't I'm take any more truth bombs! Yes. You Number one, me. again, these are all questions. What's that? I'm sorry, Laura, go ahead. What was that? You scare me. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been doing that to women since puberty, but luckily you're far away from me right now. Truth in uh, advertising. All right, yeah. another truth bomb. All right, here we go. Uh, Number one, this is for you, Laura. Who ended last year, 2018, with a higher Liberty score based on their voting record at Conservative Review in the U.S. Senate, who had the higher Liberty score, uh, according to Conservative Review, in the U.S. Senate at the end of 2018. Is it Kamala Harris, Democrat California, or Lamar Alexander, Republican Tennessee? Who had the higher Liberty score, do you think? Kamala Harris. That is correct. Kamala Harris ended 2018 with a 21% Liberty score, that's terrible, right? Yes, it is. Well, Lamar Alexander's not yet begun to surrender. He ended his Senate career with a robust 17% Liberty score. But of course, you can't blame Lamar. What kind of Republican could you expect to get from such a liberal state yes. like Tennessee, right? Yeah, that's the that's the tagline. All right, Laura, you stay on hold. We'll get you your information, and uh, I will send you out a copy of Truth Bombs directly from me. Thank you for listening. We weren't that frightening in the end, were we, Laura? You're not afraid now, are you? Yes. Yes, she is. She's gone. She's gone. Yeah. Um, she, she put me on uh, – she clicked restraining order on her phone, and, <laughs> and now she's moved on. All right, let's go to <laughs> – you know, I think I take this self-awareness deprecation thing way too far, right? Like it's, like, it's like you, that was part of some personal therapy for you. You've yes, got to call him. You must do this. You must look it in the eye. <laughs> Steve, you need to confront these things, okay? <laughs> Ow, I just banged my elbow. Ow. All right. Let's go. Oh, no, another female. Oh, no. Let's see if we can frighten Paula in Florida next. Paula, how are you? Welcome to the Steve Day Show. I'm great. You, you, you already frightened me. Yes, I'm I, very I don't. We, you are very frightened. That's all right. Hey, I just want yes. you to know, yeah. I, I, earned the, I earned the nickname uh, Restraining Order by my junior prom, Paula. You have nothing to worry about. Are you ready to go That's with question number two? Good. Yeah, right. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. All right. How many Democrat members of Congress have a Liberty score at Conservative Review right now? So this is the current score. As high or higher 
than John Cornyn of Texas, the second highest ranked Republican in the U.S. Senate. How many? So there's 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 535 total members of Congress, uh, 45 Democrats in the Senate. They have a 40 seat majority in the House. So that would be what? Like around 230. So there's Mm -hmm. somewhere around 280 total Democrats in Congress. How many of them have a liberty score higher or as high as Republican Senator John Cornyn from Texas does right now? Do you know the answer? No, I was hoping you were going to give me like an A, B, C or D choice because, wow. How about how about I'll tell you, I'll give give you a hint. It is more than three. Okay. Oh, I'm going to say 15. I love your pessimism, but it's not quite that high. All right. But they, uh, you know what? Because okay. I love well, your pessimism. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to send you a book, too, because I love we uh, reward cynicism on so this show. Much. So you're getting a book, too. You're welcome. You stand hold, Paula. We will get your information. You're, thank you very much. Yes. If you're going to be wrong, be the right kind. Yes, of yes, yes. We reward and incentivize cynicism. On this show, because it is in this current environment, it is healthy. So here is the question if you think you know the answer. 888 is the number. How many Democrat members of Congress have a liberty score as high or higher at Conservative Review than John Cornyn of Texas? Texas. Texas. Who also happens to be the second highest ranked Republican in the U.S. Senate, behind only Ditch McConnell. How many? So you know now it's less than 15, which I guess isn't too tragic, but it is definitely more than three, which is disappointing. Do you guys think you know the know the, the answer? Um, can I take a pot shot at it? Sure. And if one of you gets it right, I'll say you have... Uh, you know, here's what we'll do. You each give an answer, and then I'll I'll tell the audience which one of you is closer to give them a further hint. So Aaron says seven. What do you think, Todd? Dozen. So Todd says it's 12. Aaron says it's seven. Okay? Aaron is actually closer. So there's another hint for you. Aaron is actually closer. It's, it's closer to seven than 12. So it's between three and seven. It's between three and seven. Yeah. All right, so 888-900-3393 if you want to take a guess to win a copy of Truth Bombs Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. Now, can I give you a fun fact associated with this question? Yes. 25 other Democrat members of Congress have liberty scores within 10 points of John Cornyn. 25. And they include Congressman Bobby Rush from Illinois, one of the founding members of the Black Panthers. You buried the lead. But if that didn't come out in all this, that would have been a darn shame. Bobby Rush, one of the founding members of the Black Panthers. His liberty score is closer to John Cornyn's than John Cornyn's liberty score is as close to Marco Rubio's, Ben Sass, or even, well, Sass is ahead of Ted Cruz now, or Mike Lee, think about that. Think about Steve. That. You got to govern. Governing's yeah. hard. Yeah, guys, and and just for our listeners and viewers who think, well, what what's your point? Okay, no, we're just playing a game. Okay, yeah, just 
sharing some trivia. Just yeah. Sharing some random. Just asking questions. Random facts about Congress. We're random not, nuggets. Random we're factoids. We're not making any sweeping broad statements about the uh, state of the ideological soundness of the Republican Party. Uh, or we're not making any statements about um, the lack of distinction uh, between the two parties. None of that. It's just random facts that are true and well-documented about things in Preach. Congress. That's that's all we're doing. And, and I mean, to be even more, uh, is it banal or banal this week? Uh, let's see. It's full moon and I sacrificed a goat last night, so it's uh, banal. It's, uh, yeah. So this week it's banal. To be even more banal. Really, we're just coming up with an excuse to talk about my book for the next uh, for about twenty minutes here on the show. All right, so don't don't draw any assumptions. Don't feel like obligated to act on this information, or like you're being um, uh, provoked uh, or promulgating any kind of hypothesis or theory here, or we're provoking you to you know draw any conclusions. These are just all random factoids, like Mel Allen's twib notes when we were kids on oh, this week in baseball. Yeah, Remember those? That's... Yeah, the, totally meaningless. These are they're true and they're facts, but they're just totally meaningless. You, it didn't have any meaning found in them whatsoever. I just came across something on Twitter recently. Now, you hit me in a sweet spot there. That the the the, the post credits music yeah. of this weekend. It was a, oh, I mean that took me. back. I watch that show every week. That took every Saturday. Me yep. back. It was always on Saturday on the local NBC affiliate before. The NBC Game of the Week uh, was on back in the day. All right, let's go to Sally in Iowa. Sally, do you know how many current Democrat members of Congress have a Liberty score as high or higher than Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas? Do you know the answer? It's more than three, less than seven. Um, I'm going to guess, I was going to guess 50, so I'm glad that one gal said 15 to bring it down, but I would guess five. Five is the answer. Yes. <laughs> Democratic Congressman Louis Correa, Ro Khanna, and Jimmy Gomez of California each have higher liberty scores than John Cornyn, Congressman Colin Peterson of Minnesota, and Congresswoman Nanette Berrigan of California each have the same liberty score as wow. John Cornyn as it stands right now. All right, so Sally, you stand hold to get you a copy of my new book, Truth Bombs. Thanks for tuning in today on The Blaze. We appreciate you, okay? Hey, so four so four Congress people uh, from the People's Republic of California and one congressperson from the only state in the union that voted against Ronald Reagan in 84 yeah. yes. have a better uh, or same Liberty score yes. as John Cornyn. And Black Panther founder Bobby Rush is closer to John Cornyn's score than Cornyn is to Ted Cruz or Mike Lees or Ben Sasse. So what's yes. your point? I mean, uh, just, just again, random facts? I, I just, you know, fun. we love fun facts. Yeah. In fact, I was going to call the book that, but we just didn't think it would have the same zing. Super happy fun times with <laughs> <Yes>. Steve. <laughs> that, fun that, facts that may or may not disappoint you that you don't need to act yeah. on at all. That, one, that yeah. subtitle was way too long, though. Okay? It, it might not have scared the women in our audience, though. Uh, let's go to Jody in Utah next uh, here on The Blaze. Jody, are you there? Yes, and let me tell you, Steve, you don't scare me. Good. Good, because I'm absolutely harmless. In fact, I don't exist at all. I'm totally a construct of your imagination right now. So let's continue. Question number three. This one's for better. you, Jody. Good. Okay. Who told conservatives, and I quote, who told conservatives, quote, don't be scared of an Obama presidency? Unquote. Do you know who told conservatives that, Jody? I don't remember, and it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't spit it out. Eh. 
Do you think it might have been the Republican nominee for president in 2008, John McCain? Do you think it might have been him? That sounds exactly like what he would say. Yes. And you know and you're right. <laughs> but you're right. You're on good a, at this game. Yes, you're excellent. On October 11th, 2008 at a campaign stop, John McCain told conservatives in the audience, "Quote, don't be scared of an Obama presidency." That's a quote. Again, all uh-huh. footnoted in the book. And, you know, fun facts, we didn't think it would have the same zing, but that's really all this book is. It's not meant to upset you in any way. Just a nice series of random fun facts like that one. Yes. So, Jody Stanhold, we'll get you a copy of Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies, Conservatives Believed, or Our Own Demise. Thank you, Jody. We appreciate it. Let's go to Rodney next in North Carolina. How are you, Rodney? I'm good. Rodney, are you ready for question four? This is my favorite one, Rodney. Of the five. This one's my favorite. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. How many times, and again, this is documented and footnoted in my book, Fun Facts, which we changed to Truth Bombs. How many times did GOP presidential nominee Mitt Romney agree with his opponent, Democrat Barack Obama, during their final televised debate of the 2012 campaign? How many times did they agree? Oh, my goodness. Did Romney say that they agreed? Uh, Give me a number. What do you think it is? Let's say 10. Did you say 13? Yes, I did. I heard double digits. That's yeah, yeah, I thought you did. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. yes they agreed. Thir- Romney, Romney said he agreed with President Obama 13 times during the 90-minute final televised debate of the 2012 campaign. You know, Chick-fil-A always makes me agreeable, but I don't think that's the – in fact, I know that's not the reason why – he was saying that he agreed. Ronnie, good luck with Truth Bombs. Enjoy the uh, the 200 pages of fun facts that are going to give you a warm fuzzy when you read it, man. Pre- Stan Hold will get you a copy, okay? Thank you very much. We've got one more. All right. Emmett in Missouri. Are you there, Emmett? Hey, how you doing? Better than we deserve. Are you ready to go? Hell yeah, let's go. All right, you get the final question. Here we go. So this is about the Hispanic vote. Right. This is every Republican consultant's nocturnal emission voting block we have to have. They're obsessed. All right. They've got like centerfolds of Hispanic voters between their mattresses and box springs <laughs> at their brownstones in D.C. They're obsessed with the Hispanic voter. Right. Here we go. Since 1980, the Republican Party has won six of the last 10 presidential elections. How many of those times, Emmett? Did the GOP win the all-important Hispanic vote? How many times? Do you know? Zero. That is correct. Zero times. <laughs> Zero. And by the way, just so you know, it wasn't even close. In that entire time span, the closest any Republican came to, lo- to winning the Hispanic vote, George W. Bush only lost them by 18 points in 2004. By 18 points. Republicans lost the Hispanic vote in every single one of these elections by an average of 28.6 points. John McCain, the most pro-amnesty GOP presidential nominee yet, he lost Hispanics by even worse than the GOP average. He lost them despite all of that pearl-clutching virtue signaling for amnesty. John McCain lost Hispanics by 36 points in 2008. 36 points. Emmett in Missouri, you stand hold to get you a copy of Truth Bombs coming your way. Thanks for tuning in here today to The Blaze. All right, gentlemen.
your comments now on on these questions now that they are complete. I'm I'm fascinated in the case study if we can send your kids to California by depressing our uh, fans so much. It's it's if if this if that business model works, brother. Man, man, there's nothing we can't do. Yeah, what's the opposite of clickbait? <laughs> Choke bait? <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, We're cornering the market on choke bait. We're baiting you to let us choke the life out of you. Don't do it. We dare you. But they are. They're terrified. In their, I, you'll, you'll never you, believe what'll you, crush your soul next. You scare me, and I know the answers are all bad, but I'm here nonetheless. <laughs> Spontaneous revulsion with Steve Dace. We, we should use headlines like that on our podcast, Aaron. You'll never guess what'll crush your soul next. Dace, Dace dropped this fact, and then the audience went blank. Yes. It's funny because it's true. Which one of these was? Which one of these was your favorite? Which one of these? The uh, the, the the fourth one. Uh, the How McCain, many times Romney, or the Romney agreed with yeah. Obama? No. I went back and counted in the book. Yeah, I went back and counted. That's the sad. The last one is my favorite. It's because it the, just the, the shibboleths are just so asinine. And I was only so, slightly exaggerating the GOP consultancy's class's obsession with Hispanic voters. Can I tell one story out of the book about this? Because it'll come up later when we get to this chapter. I get a call one day at home. I pick up my mobile phone. It's Marco Rubio on the phone. And he wants to convince me to support Gang of Eight because he's making the rounds to all the big national guys. And then he's trying to convince the guy with the big platform in the Iowa caucuses to agree to this. And so I heard him out and I listened to him make his case to me for about 10 or 15 minutes. And everything was from the premise of what was good for illegal aliens. And I asked him, I live in Iowa. You know, people are going to ask what's good, you know, for them. I mean, you know, Marco, you've done an eloquent job of talking about how this is the best way to deal with a situation involving the illegals. But what about the people that are paying the freight around here? What I, I need an incentive. What, what would I sell them on this? That's good for them. And his talking point to me was that if we didn't do this as Republicans, that, and I still was at that time, if we didn't do this as Republicans, then Barack Obama would, now this call was in 2014. Okay. Um, that Barack Obama would issue a um, uh, an executive order granting amnesty to uh, all of these illegals. Republicans would sue him in court, but the, the, the ICE system would act as if these people are now legitimized in the process. He would be looked at as their great emancipator, and we would start losing the Hispanic vote by the margins that we lose the black vote by. And then he told me, and, and, and if I, he goes, if I'm the nominee in 2016, this won't even help me win the Hispanic vote that much. We're, but but we, can't, we can't risk losing them for a generation. And so I said to him, you want me to go out there and promote to my audience that they should go register a whole bunch of Democrat voters so we don't register a whole bunch of Democrat voters? Again, what, what I can't what, believe he's not president right now, Steve. <laughs> what's what's the incentive for the people that 
are you know doing most of the living and dying and bill paying here? What, what, what's the incentive for the average immigrant who's sitting there waiting four to seven years to be, uh, you know, to be legally naturalized? What, what's their incentive? I mean, what, what's in it for them? And this was all a political gambit the entire time. That's all that it ever was. That's why all of their arguments are bad. That's why they none of them hold up to any scrutiny whatsoever. They're all bad. This is all a political gambit. And this consultancy class is obsessed with this voting block. Obsessed with it. Oh, by the way, Trump said Trump Trump went and dropped about the most incendiary language that you get away with in the mainstream on the immigration issue. He actually did one point better among Hispanic voters than Mitt Romney did. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Well, not on And by the way, Hillary Clinton's turnout of Hispanics, her overall turnout lower than Barack Obama's in 2012. Yeah, and then she got of, she got almost no benefit from Trump doing that at all. And not only the you're talking about the border language in general. Yeah, then that one Mexican judge, the, the, then the and judge then, and Mexico too. sends yeah. us their rapists and thieves and criminals and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's end birthright citizenship. Get rid of ink. He even dropped anchor babies in a presidential debate. Okay. Uh, despite all of that, Hillary Clinton performed worse with Hispanics than Barack Obama did. And Donald Trump was one point better than Mitt Romney with Hispanics. And this speaks again to my earlier point about Bernie Sanders. I mean, you know, Donald Trump is a, li- a liar and a con man and all that. Um, but it, he was still viewed as authentic. Relative to the field. Because he was, he, everybody sort of kind of winked and nodded yeah. that he was bringing that to, there was a Bullworth quality yes. to this yes. of, of bringing it to the, that almost as if, you know what, it, it, you know what, it's refreshing that we all can admit what's actually happening here. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's better than the, uh, you know, get off my lawn corruptocrat who is going to pretend as if she's doing something right. higher, higher and mightier, but it's really just the same scam that screws over everybody else, but her and her cronies all along. That, right. Right. Yeah. Like Mitt Romney. Yeah. There's that, yes. 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 Exactly like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, Remember when Mitt Romney changed his immigration position at the end of the campaign? Went on Univision and said he didn't want to deport anybody? Remember during the primary he was advocating for self-deportations? And he got mocked for that, but essentially his position was if you removed welfare state benefits, people would just leave on their own when they couldn't get freebies, and he's right about that. And then right before the election, he went on Univision and essentially just capitulated on the issue altogether. Went full-bore amnesty, and then he went out there in the election and he actually performed performed worse than... Donald Trump did. Good so, times. Good times. Hey, we love to support noble causes here on uh, this show and maybe the greatest cause of them all. Uh, taking the word of God uh, all over the world, particularly to closed countries. That's what Back to Jerusalem does. They're based in communist China, uh, and they want to take the word of God to closed countries that uh, won't let the light and hope found only in the gospel. They won't let that into their country. They're asking for our help to take the Bible to China, Iran, North Korea, Somalia, where we now elect congresswomen from, apparently, because they are, as Aaron noted, a progressive utopia. So if you would like to take help us take the word of God to these places, uh, one of the things that they do at Back to Jerusalem is they take the Bible and kind of shrink it down so it kind of uh, gets past the gatekeepers uh, in these countries a little bit easier. They're looking uh, to put at least 10,000 of these Bibles into these closed nations to inspire those people there. Uh, they need $15 from each of us. That's the cost of a fast food meal for you and a guest. If this is a cause you would love to support, we'd love to have your support at blazehelp.org. That's blazehelp.org or give them a call. 
at 844-305-0566. That's 844-305-0566. Theology Thursday is coming your way next year, live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. Hey, we all use our mobile phones, right? Well, if you want to use yours um, with a service and a company that uh, works for and not against your beliefs and values, uh, check out uh, Patriot Mobile. Uh, They're veteran-led. They donate to organizations that do share your values and beliefs. Plus, you get the same nationwide coverage for less money because they aren't spending millions on commercials with that creepy dude switched sides uh, get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk and text plans starting as low as twenty dollars a month call 1-800-a-patriot or visit them online at patriotmobile.com slash blaze again that's 1-800-a-patriot online at patriotmobile.com slash blaze and you can get free activation for up to two lines so let's stick together support the companies that believe what we believe patriotmobile.com slash blaze that's patriotmobile.com slash blaze well we're continuing on theology thursdays we're coming towards the end of our study through uh, the book of colossians it's the first time we've ever done a bible study on the show and Last week, uh, again, uh, Paul, who wrote this letter, uh, he is talking about what really is our motivations. Now that we have understood the nature of God, who Jesus Christ really is, as Paul explains in chapter 1, and then now that we've rejected false human teaching, fake religion, uh, uh, really doctrines of demons— hollow, deceptive philosophy, as Paul describes in chapter 2. Chapter 3 is now, here's how we are to live as a demonstration of the truth we actually believe. And we get to the end of chapter 3, and and chapter 2 talked about whatever we, last week, the first part of chapter 3 talked about whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. And love and, and honor of God is the motivation for whatever we do. Uh, And it closes with this line, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Paul's going to get a little more specific about what that means now as we pick it up. This is chapter 3, verse 18. And a very dirty word is about to be said. Brace yourselves. Wives, submit. That's all the time we have for today's show. Uh, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take each of these individually, actually, rather than grouping them together because man, we can get all Westernized and messed up on this. See, people think the key phrase here is submit to your husbands. It's not the key phrase. It's the qualifier. It's the qualifier. This is what clarifies what this means as is fitting in the Lord. If my husband is in sin, if my husband is provoking me to sin, should I submit to him? No, this is what we talk about with the Ten Commandments, hierarchy and order of values. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Yeah, see, the reason the husband is the head of the home is not because he necessarily has the most authority. This is a mistake men make. They conflate authority with responsibility, meaning the the ultimate responsibility 
The ultimate authority in the home is God. The ultimate, author- the ultimate responsibility for following that authority is the husband. So he bears the brunt of the responsibility here. He's not the ultimate authority. He bears the brunt of the responsibility to who is. So when this says to submit to the husband as is fitting in the Lord, ultimately, if you're submitting to somebody with somebody else's um, principles, values, purposes in mind, who are you really submitting to? The one whose purposes, principles, and values are in mind. So you're really submitting to God. The husband is merely an earthly vessel for that. Why is he required at all? Because we're relational beings. We worship a God who is in and of himself a relationship. We seek and crave relationships. We will commit, I said this on a show I was on yesterday, the human condition will both aspire to great acts of heroism and nobility for the sake of a relationship, and then the human condition will both lower and debase itself and, hum- and, and humiliate itself. Girls will give away the most intimate part of themselves over and over again to men who don't love them. Why? The desire and craving of the relationship. So it's both one of our strengths and weaknesses. Because if the husband is in a right relationship with God, and then you are now in a right relationship with him, what, is, your, is your relationship, is it getting more intimate or more distant probably? It's more intimate, which means it's more rewarding. It's more personable. It's meeting more of your needs. So the key phrase here is not submission. That, that, that's your women's studies professor. The key phrase here, as is fitting in the Lord. So when, when, when your husband is in alignment with the word of God, you should follow his leadership. And when he's not, you should follow the Lord's leadership. Not his, because he's not God. He's just your husband. Does that make sense so far? That doesn't make sense. Science uh, actually supports what you're talking about. Uh, Women writ large, you know, westernized uh, women are documented to be as unhappy, psychologically frazzled as ever before when they have more options to be with who they want to be, when they want to be with them, while doing whatever job they want. Well, well, why is that? It, because it's exactly what uh, Steve is talking about with this view is submission. The happiest women, it's, it, again, it is documented, are the ones like, yeah, um, I'm glad I got this dude by my side. It, 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 it's meant, that's the real science of all this. It's mm-hmm. meant to go this way. Next, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not... Be harsh with them. Now, why would we have to be commanded as men not to be harsh with them? Well, because when we view ourselves as the authority and our authoritarian desires or or wishes are not being met, fulfilled, followed, what do we as men, how do we have a tendency to react in those situations? Very calmly measured tones. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. He's back. There it is. Aaron feels bad. I was really worried we broke you last hour. (laughs) Did he feel bad that he yelled at his Roomba this morning? (laughs) Yes. There's a reason the football coach 
Yeah, there's sometimes when he raises his voice, I said I used I'm using him as an analogy. I used him before and when we went through Colossians. Sometimes he raises his voice and gets in your face to inspire you to meet your potential because he cares about you. And then there are times he's just a jerk and he's just mad you didn't do a particular drill or run a particular sprint the way that you wanted you to because he's thinking more of an authoritarian bet. Okay? And also it's it's obviously true that the history of Christendom is not always an example of men treating women I had noticed, I had noticed well, that but yeah. I think it bears some explaining that you, that you should go the historical context what an absolute renaissance Christianity was for the relationship of men to women men oh it to starts their in Genesis it goes all yes. the way back to Genesis the the first the first time any human religion introduces the notion that femininity is its own unique yes. divine ordained construct is when Moses says, he created them in his image, male and female. He created them. The idea that women would have a their own individual relationship with whoever the whoever was considered the creative um, architect in any religion. The idea that women would have their own separate one that would be of the same worth and value, not the same characteristics. See, egalitarian feminism wants to say equality equals sameness. No. Women cannot do everything men can do. Men, I, I, men can't do everything women can do. Can you birth a child? No. We're not the same in terms of capabilities. We're not the same in terms of expectations. We're, we're, we're not the same in terms of physiology. We are, though, the same in terms of our worth and dignity before our Creator. And until Moses writes those words in, in what what Jewish tradition refers to as the Pentateuch, until Moses writes those words in the book of Genesis, that notion doesn't exist at any point in human history. What the, what the modern feminists want to take us back to, again, progressives are not progressives, they're regressives. They're really taking you back to matriarchy. And let me tell you what happens with matriarchal cultures and, uh, and, um, and, and, and religions. You end up as a female, you end up having no ultimate value other than your, um, uh, your genitalia. It always ends in temple some form of temple prostitution. Do we see any modern versions of that today? When a man who has a mental illness says, I think I'm a woman, what does he change? What does he do? I get a boob job. I have my man parts cut off and suddenly I'm a woman. Meaning I'm it, it mean you're you're That's there's the nothing only else. Thing that that, is a there's woman. nothing else there other than your your girl parts. There's nothing else about your femininity that is esteemed. That's always what happens in pagan matriarchal cultures every single time. Every single time. Every single time. When the when the Jews were up against paganism in their day, often one of its vessels was called Asherah a very powerful goddess. And she led the women into practicing open public prostitution in order to worship her, as every matriarchal system does. Because it begins with the notion that equality is sameness. Sameness and equality are not the same thing. Equality is about dignity, worth, and value, not about capabilities or expectations. Or roles. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. 
Perhaps you should ask Martina Navratilova about the boomerang effect of not yes. recognizing all this. Yeah, she, she, she bought a lie many years ago that equality equals sameness. And then when it came to the point that this lie now said to her, now you have to give up your achievements, Martina. You have to give up your identity. You have to give up all the ground that you fought for, that you blazed, all the trail that you blazed. You have to give it up now so that we can now entertain this new fallacy that has most favored nation status over the fallacy that you believed that you chose. And she said, screw that noise. I'm not giving that up. I carried all this water for all you all for, I like my fallacy. And they told her, uh, head, meet bus. We're throwing you underneath it. You're going to get a real good look at it. See you later. You're not woke enough for us. Thanks. That's always what happens. Always. So the reason a man needs to be commanded to love his wife and not be harsh with her is because we as men will choose to conflate in our basic instinct, our natural state, we will choose to turn responsibility into authority, okay? And I, this is a, I have to fight this battle all of the time. It is an ongoing battle. And my wife will tell you I am better at it than I was 10 years ago, but I may not be good at it yet, okay? This is an ongoing battle, all right? Responsibility and authority are not the same thing, okay? Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord, okay? So, for this pleases the Lord. Children, obey your parents and everything. Well, Steve, does that mean uh, that whatever a parent says a child should do? Notice the order here, okay? So, first it is stated, children come from whom? Moms. Mom, submit to the husband as is fitting to whom? The Lord. The Lord. Husbands, act as if you are responsible to God, not the God of the home by not being harsh with your wife, but instead practicing mercy and love, as Paul will put it in another letter of his, as Christ, love your wife as Christ loved the church, a willingness to lay your own life down for her. Once this order is established, now, children, obey your parents. Now that your parents are fulfilling the, the commandments that God has given for his kingdom on earth. Now obey your parents and everything. Because when you're a child, nuance is difficult. Well, I know a lot of adults these days where nuance is difficult. <laughs> but, it, but for all of us as children, nuance is difficult. Everything's always the latest or greatest. You love everything or hate this now. Um, I can't even. We were the same way, you know? Nuance is lost on children. That's why in another letter, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought, spoke, and reasoned as a child. When I became a man, I set aside childish things. A lack of nuance, a lack of being able to draw distinctions is childlike. Children struggle with nuance. That's why the nuances here are first given to the, husband, to the wife and the husband. You're the adults. The expectation is you can handle the nuance. The expectation is you as a Christian mother and wife understand who you're ultimately submitting here to. And you understand what the chain of command is. You understand when, when your husband goes into sin, you don't follow him. You stay on the narrow road. And then the expectation is for you as a Christian husband, as a Christian father, you know what the difference is between authority and responsibility. You're not a dictator. You're a prefect and you will report to me, God says. 
Children don't get nuance because they're children. So children are now told, now that the adults are told what the nuance they are to understand, what the distinctions they are to inhabit are, now the children are given an absolute. Obey your parents. Now that your parents are obedient to God. Does that make sense so far? Amen. It does. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. How do we know what the context of the word provoke means here? It means, are you, it doesn't mean don't ever raise your voice. It doesn't mean don't ever tell them they're not good at something. It doesn't mean don't ever say you are, that's not, standards not good enough. What it means is, does your prov- provocation discourage them from fulfilling their potential? Do you crush them? You crush them. That's what it means. It's a specific time. See, again, follow the context here. Don't cherry pick. Provoke them lest they become discouraged. Paul does all kinds of provoking. There's some provoking in this book of Colossians that we went through earlier. But the goal, the motivation of the, of the, of the, of the, of the provocation is a construction, not a destruction. Are you crushing your children? There's a difference between challenging them and crushing them. That's, that's what Paul is talking about here. Are we, are, we, are we doing this in a way that causes them to be discouraged? I can't ever please you, so why should I even now try? I'll just go do my own thing and become an ingrate. That's what we're talking about here. In terms of meeting those responsibilities of fatherhood, that balance of mercy and justice is, it's almost everything. And you don't, you don't get it right all the time, but it has to be in front of you all the time. And there's fathers who are failures uh, on, on making mistakes of putting all of their eggs one way and the other. You have got to have the balance. I got up this morning. Noah's job is the trashes. I got up this morning. He had emptied all the trashes in the house. And then for reasons only Allah knows, never took the canisters out to the curb. I got to go out there, run out there with the trash guy down the street, 5 a.m., it's four degrees. <laughs> and you're in a good mood today? Yeah. I, w- I was going to provoke him to discouragement. Luckily, I had to leave before he got up because I had a doctor's appointment. All right. That's, that's what Paul was saying to me right there. Okay. Someone was going to get discouraged <laughs> as a result. Uh-oh. Okay? Don't do that. Paul is saying, Steve Days, don't do that. Okay? Uh, hey, um, make sure you protect your most valuable asset, your own home. Use Home Title Lock so that when you read about data breaches uh, on the news and find out that, hey, maybe somebody has my maiden name, middle initial, last four digits of a social security number, um, a checking account number, they can't now use that to come after my home because the folks at Home Title Lock have put a virtual barrier around all of that investment, including the equity, because that's really what they're after. They're really after the equity in the home that they want to liquidate and uh and take away from you. Don't let scammers get away with it, especially when you can protect your most valuable asset for just pennies a day. HomeTitleLock.com. They will protect you when your bank and your identity theft protection won't. HomeTitleLock.com. You get a free title scan and report right now. Normally $100 value. You can get it for free by signing up at HomeTitleLock.com. Find out if my home, if your home is in danger. HomeTitleLock.com. That's going to do it for today. Thanks to everybody for tuning in here on The Blaze. Back at it again tomorrow. Don't forget the roundtable coming up today as well right here on The Blaze. Until then, John 317.
is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. Mm-hmm.